0: 听, 鸟儿的欢名, 听, 爱与恨, 悲与喜, 苦与乐, 听, 跳跃的文字, You're Raoum
1: More to read. Pishan Shon Yan. Man of the day. Disillusionment at ten o'clock. Wallace Stevens. The houses are haunted by white nightgowns. None are green or purple with green rings or green with yellow rings or yellow with blue rings. None of them are strange with socks of lace and beaded cinchures. People are not going to dream of baboons and periwinkles, only here and there an old sailor, drunk and asleep in his boots, catches tigers in red weather.
0: 十点钟的觉醒人们不会梦见沸沸和玉鼠罗 at 10 o'clock 十点钟的觉醒出自美国著名现代诗人华来市史立文斯英文版本由 Mark Born on October the second, eighteen seventy nine, and died on August the second, nineteen fifty five, Wallace Stevens was an American modernist poet. He was born in Reading, Pennsylvania, educated at Harvard, and then New York Law School, and he spent most of his life working as an executive for an insurance company in Hartford, Connecticut. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry for his collected poems in 1955. 华莱士史蒂文斯是美国著名的现代诗人, 1879年出生于美国宾夕法尼亚州的雷丁市, 大学时他就读于哈佛, 后来在纽约法学院获得法律学位。1904年取得律师资格后,他在康尼迪哥州就业于哈特福德意外事故保险公司,1934年就任副总裁。
1: Disillusionment at Ten O'Clock. Wallace Stevens. The houses are haunted by white nightgowns. None are green, or purple with green rings, or green with yellow rings, or yellow with blue rings. None of them are strange with socks of lace and beaded cinchures. People are not going to dream of baboons and periwinkles. Only here and there an old sailor, drunk and asleep in his boots, catches tigers in red weather.
0: To read 文字的世界, Beauty of Words 杨绛九十三岁出版了散文随笔《我们仨》，风靡海内外；九十六岁则出版哲理散文集《走到人生边上》；一百零二岁出版二百五十万字的《杨绛文集》八卷。好，那么接下来呢，我们就一起来读一篇由杨绛所写的散文《听话的艺术》（The Art of Listening。听话的艺术，杨绛。The The Art of Listening by Yang Jiang 假如说话有艺术, 正好比古今多少诗人文人 既无严肃的批判, 又非尖刻的攻击, 若要比批评, 只算浪漫派, if speaking is an art, so is listening. Whereas to speak is to create, to listen is to criticize. The purpose of speaking is to express. The purpose of listening, to understand and appreciate. A person unable to speak well often can listen well. Just like critics, whom writers have despised from the ancient times to the present, who cannot write or fail to write literary works, transform themselves into masters of criticism. This is similar to an unlucky thief who turns into a policeman. William Shenstone, an 18th century minor English poet, says, a poet that fails in writing becomes often a morose critic. The weak and insipid white wine makes a cleanse excellent lampooning. Instead, it sets out to understand and appreciate. If compared to criticism, listening at most can be regarded as a kind of criticism that is romantic and impressionistic. 听话包括三步 听话不像阅读能自由选择, 话不投机, 把排门后面的弱者加以利用 Listening consists of three steps. Give ear, understand, and appreciate. Unlike reading, listening has no free choice. Even though you don't like to listen, you cannot shut the speaker's mouth as you do a book and put it aside. We may listen without bearing, which imitates the method of dealing with the aggressive balls. Wear a mask and remain expressionless, whether you are absent-minded or engrossed. But this method has its disadvantage. If the speaker is a troublemaker, he can act according to the principle of the absence of denial is acquiescence and take advantage of the weak listener behind the mask. By comparison, neither listening nor hearing may be more appropriate. A priest once taught his son etiquette, saying, When in front of a guest, you don't hum or flip your fingers or tap on the floor with your toes this kind of act shows you're not paying attention however this kind of act can be used once in a while to catch the speaker unawares and switch the topic in another direction 当然 就需要更高的修养。Jack in the Box, Indeed, when listening, it needs a lot of art for you to display your disaffection and at the same time not offend the speaker. But it needs an even higher degree of cultivation to temper ourselves into a spouse, soft and capable of absorbing to our full. This is because when listening, one's self, like a jack-in-the-box, may suddenly pop out and shout, Hey, I can't stand you! Probably the self will never be contained, however hard we temper it. Unless comprehension and appreciation cease to be the end of listening, which may serve another function. 19th Sir Henry Taylor, also statesman一书中说, political 更能取悦赛人的心魂 這種人的話,並不必認真聽,不聽更好,只消凝神清耳,也不需了解,只需擺出一副心悅親服的神態,便很足夠。the nineteenth-century English poet Sir Henry Taylor, who was also a neighbour official, speaks about the secret of success in his Statesman. No siren did even so charm the ear of the listener, as the listening ear has charmed the soul of the siren. Perhaps some successful people have discovered this trick long ago, and what is more, there are many sirens who like to pose as the good little girl in a fairy tale. Whenever their mouths open... Pearls and precious stones roll out. They overflow the ears, so with both hands the listener raises a plate to collect them, carefully setting the verbal treasures in a notebook in the hope that the good little girl will surely offer something more substantial. It is unnecessary to take the words of these people seriously. Better not to listen at all. Just looking attentive will do. Nor is it necessary to understand them Suffice to put on a complained, admiring look If, unfortunately, it is advisable to present a dumb look The sirens may not be too severe on you 听人说话,最好小陶渊明读书 认为一切说话都是吹牛拍马 撒谎造谣, 假如赤条条, 一丝不挂, At best, the listener should, after the manner of the poet Tao Qian in reading, refrain from probing too closely. It is too trifling to fill in exhaustive notes. But on the other hand, you should catch the general drift. If you yourself having missed the point, go on to disclaim that which has been said as bragging, flattering, lying and slandering. Then you have forgotten that in essence speaking is an art, not daily necessities such as rice, oil, sword, and firewood. To blame the speaker for not speaking truthfully is similar to condemning a novel for being not factual or a painting for not being as accurate as a photograph. Speaking is like wearing clothes, which on one hand covers the body, and on the other reveals parts of the body. None of us would condemn clothes for cloaking the truth or distorting the facts. On the contrary, we would be shocked if someone wears nothing. Would anyone go so far as to say that one's self is more beautiful than one's physical being and deserves more exposure? 谁都知道艺术品的真实并不止符合时事 只求诗的真实（poetic poetic truth。虽然明知是假, 柯立之, courage, 所谓孤妄听直, suspense of disbelief unwilling suspense of belief. Everyone knows that artistic truth is not identical with factual truth. Aristotle said long ago, poetic truth is not historic truth. Presumably, more poets have been born than historians. By poet, I refer to the original Greek meaning, maker, and the most ubiquitous act of making is speaking. Confucius insisted He relate but not add anything. But who dares to argue that the saint related without adding anything? When we watch a play or listen to a story or appreciate other works of art, all we are looking for is poetic truth. Though we know it is false, we are willing to believe it is true. This is what Coleridge calls willing suspense of disbelief. In the case of listening, on the contrary, Poetic truth cannot satisfy us, and we want to know the facts. This kind of psychology, just opposed to what Coleridge says, may be called unwilling suspense of belief. 同时，我们总借用亚里士多德必然与可能 the inevitable and probable 的原则来推定事实真相。举几个简单的例，假如一位女士叹恨着说：“唉。” 我这一头头发真麻烦，恨不得天生是秃子。谁信以为真呢？依照可能与必然推之，他一定自知有一头好头发。假如有人说，某人拉我帮他忙，某机关又不肯放，真叫人为难。他大概正在向某人钻营，而某机关的位置在动摇，可能他钻营尚未成功，认真在为难。Ya at the same time when listening, we cannot help relying on Aristotle's principle of the inevitable and the probable to deduce the facts. Let me give you a few samples if a lady sighs and says, "Ah, oh, my hair is such a nuisance." If only I were born hairless, who would believe her? According to the principle of the probable and the inevitable, we may infer that she has abundant hair. If someone says, That man wants me to join, but my office will not release me, it's really hard. Perhaps he is trying to worm his way into that man's favour, and that his position in the office is shaky. Or perhaps he has yet to call the favor of that man, in which case he is truly in a predicament. Again, if a VIP formally and publicly denies a rumor, then in accordance with the principle of the inevitable and the probable, we may say with safety that, Ha, it must be true. 自己说过几遍的话便信以为真很可能他看透了你意中的自己 比面鱼更入耳恰心。If someone boasts excessively, we may deduce that he is unsure of himself and trying to delude himself as well. After several repetitions, he will ultimately convince himself, If someone flatters you to your face, you ought to restrain yourself and not believe him. Apparently, he sees through you and is just saying what you expected. If someone extols a person behind his back, though the latter is not praiseworthy, this might be the cleverest way of fawning, designed to be delivered to that person through a few turns, which will be more pleasing than flattering to one's face. Or this might be what the priest, the same one as mentioned earlier, taught his son, an effective way of coping with an enemy. Excessive praise can kindle the enemy's aversion, and the adulation of one person might serve to downplay another. 听话而如此逐句细节, if we listen too carefully, dissecting every sentence, weighing every word, we will reach that extreme condition of water absolutely pure where no fish could survive. So we shouldn't be over-alert. Everyone speaks, but those who can speak are few just as other kinds of artists are likewise few clever works however make us admire only the speaker's art while clumsy works make us like the speaker as a person 說話的藝術欲高,欲增強我們的令人不可不信,使我們懷疑甚至恐懼 笨拙的話,像夜當下瓦遮眼下生的幾片樹葉,只表示他們的自慚形愧,願在天使面前掩飾醜陋 譬如小孩子的虚伪,哄大人给东西吃,假意问一声,这是什么?可以吃吗?使人失笑,却也得人爱怜。The more accomplished the art of speaking is, the more we are inclined to the unwilling suspense of belief and we may even experience fear. Clumsy words are like Adam and Eve's covering their private parts with leaves. It only expresses their sense of shame and their desire to conceal their ugliness in the presence of the angels. It is also similar to a child's trickery. Enticing grown-ups into offering goodies, the child asks roguishly, What's this? Is it eatable? It makes us laugh and endears the child to us. When a toad-sized man pumps himself up as large as an ox, we cannot but feel pity for him and wish he were born the size of an ox to spare him all this effort. 冯道笨拙的产媚至少可以知道他在表示要好老实的骂人往往只为表示自己如何贤德并无多少恶意一个人行为高尚品性伟大能使人静目而他的弱点偏得人爱大概说话究竟是凡人的艺术 If we come across a clumsy flatterer At least we know he means well When a man honestly gives you a piece of his mind He actually reveals his virtues There is no malice One who does noble deeds and is high-minded Certainly commands respect but people are fond of him rather for his weaknesses. A smart person once said, If you want to be loved, show your faults more than your virtues. The same person also said, People never forgive one who doesn't need to be forgiven. Thus may the psychology of listening be fathomed. We respect and admire clever words, but it is the person with clumsy words who have our sympathy and affection. In brief, to speak is but human, but a man who speaks is a divine creation. 感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目